The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Today I want to preach about the assurance of our salvation. This is a... Uh, um, this, this doctrine here it pertains to, to everybody, everybody in the church. This is not just um, for people on the fringes of the church or outside the church. This is, people, this is for people that are in the church, people that, that, um, that, are, that think they're saved, that are, they're saved, but they don't know that they have assurance of their salvation. This is about people in the church that are not showing evidence of true saving faith. These are people that are in the state of grace, but have no assurance whatsoever. And these people, for some reason, could have doubts. There's a lot of reasons why people may not have the assurance that they need for salvation. I have three questions here. Start out with three questions. I love questions. I remember when I first came here to Berean, um, Julie and I found out that there was a Q&A form class. It was over here in the teen class. They used to call it, what, eight and nine or whatever? I don't know why they ever called it that. It's just a one room, one room, I don't know. But anyway, the teen class, they have a Q&A, and we made a beeline right for there. I had questions, a, a number of questions. I, don't know, I can't count how many questions I've I've asked since I've been here, and um, and and I expected a biblical answer. The pastor gave it to me. He he's um, I wasn't trying to trying to um, trick him or anything like that. Any kind of my questions because I couldn't. <laughs> there was no way. But um, but anyway, I, I just love questions and and I just love the I still love the Q and A form. Class and and and, and I'll, I'll always love it. I'll always have questions until I uh, until I go to glory. And um, and, pa- and Pastor Abshire, nothing against you. I love your class too. Okay. Um, but anyways, I want to get on with these questions. The first question is: How does a person really know that they are saved? Can a person be in a state of grace without actually Having the assurance of it, I I um, wanted to just briefly mention uh, a few. Uh, number one, um, uh, false insurance it could be universalism. It could be that um, this is this is a a doctrine that that says that every person is saved. Everybody is justified by dying. If you die, you're justified. You're going to heaven, and we know that's false. Second one is good deeds will get you to heaven. We know that's false. The third one is sacerdotalism. Salvation is accomplished through the priesthood, through sacraments, and or through the church. This they call this is called a means of grace. Uh, the Pharisees in biblical days they thought they were um, they 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 assumed. They assumed that, that because they were circumcised, 
therefore were guaranteed a place in the kingdom of God by keeping by being circumcised by keeping the traditions by keeping the moral law by keeping the dietary law by keeping the ceremonial laws they thought they were going to enter into the kingdom of heaven but that that's uh that wasn't so let's turn to um if you will let's turn to Matthew 7 verses 21 and 23 Matthew 7 verses 21 to 23 I like when I hear those those pages flipping through the through flipping through the pages I could hear them. I remember one time after the pastor finished his sermon and he said he said how do we find out um the instructions of what God wants to say? And and uh, I I was back then I raised up my bible and he says that's right it's the bible now, if I would have raised up my iPhone, which I don't have an iPhone, I have an Android or whatever, I, if I would have raised that up, would he have said the same thing? I don't think so. Because this here only has the Word of God. The phones don't. They have a bunch of other junk in there. So, so, so I want to hear pages turning. Um, So anyway, what was that before I said that? Okay, um, oh, Matthew seven twenty one twenty three. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, just like the Pharisees today in the church, people thinking that they're in a state of grace may not have the assurance of it, may not even know. This is one of the most terrifying passages in the Bible. This is a preview of the Last Judgment. These are people addressing him by the title Lord. They come as if they have a deep personal relationship by saying, Lord, Lord, an intimate relationship. They are immersed in the life of the church, heavily involved in ministry, and perhaps have the reputation of being professing Christians. Their lips profess, but their heart is far from him. There's other, other false assurances, and these could be events that people rely on. Events that there were in the past that they are relying on their salvation. Assurance of salvation, it could be uh, many people think that they have assurance of salvation because they prayed the sinner's prayer. They're raising one's hand at an evangelistic event, going forward during an altar call, 
or making a decision for Jesus. Some may even have a, a Damascus Road salvation, an experience, an emotional experience instead of a biblical conversion. I always like to look at the, the um, I always like to look at Peter and Judas. Both of them were in the in the church of of of, of the Lord following Jesus Christ for three years. Peter loved Jesus, but he stumbled and bumbled. He wasn't perfect, he, but he wanted to do the right thing all the time. It wasn't a perfect love, but he loved his master. He loved the Lord. Judas, on the other hand, he, was, he had no love for the Lord at all. He just wanted to see what he could get out of Jesus, what he, what he could get out of following Jesus. He had no intentions of loving the Lord, of following him. But Peter, but I also like this too. I also like the sovereignty of God in all of this. The sovereignty of God is working here. God, G, Jesus Christ is praying for Peter, but not for Judas. Jesus, Jesus is praying for Peter. He, he chose Peter. He didn't choose Ju, Judas. He predicted that Judas would betray him. He predicted that Peter would deny him three times. But he was praying for Peter. And Peter, he denied him three times, but he was remorseful. He was convicted. He was repentive. He, he, knew, he knew that he let his master down. But Judas, he didn't care. He, he, he just went off to the, the Jewish leaders and, and, and betrayed Jesus for silver coins. And today, today, if it was today, he probably would have betrayed him for a Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum, maybe a Litecoin, I don't know, some cryptocurrency. But, but, but Peter, he, he, he was sorrowful, he was repentive, and Judas wasn't. This can be, this can be dangerous because Making a decision sometimes ends up trusting in a particular act. Outward professions can be deceiving. I remember I went to a church um, before I came here, and we were out soul winning. And I had this this lady came back, and she told all about how many people she saved in the parking lot. And a bunch of kids were hanging out, and she said that, she gave him the gospel, and that's a good thing. So we should do. But she came back saying, oh, I just saved 20 people. Well, where are they at? That's not all there is to salvation. Salvation is, 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 is telling people somebody about the gospel and, and them receiving and putting their trust in Christ, but also being baptized. The first order of business is being baptized, a member, and, and adding to the church and discipling. Matthew, Matthew teaches this. Um, Jesus, Jesus says, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now that's what salvation is all about. That's what assurance is. It's not just uh, tr- not just 
uh, saying, yes, I believe in Jesus, and then and that's it. I mean, you have to have, you have to be justified, made right before for God, before God, through Jesus Christ and His righteousness. It's Jesus Christ's works that we we have to be saved. It's everything that He's done, not our works, and nothing that we can do. And so, and so, yeah. So, so you have, and 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 people, and and salvation doesn't stop there. Salvation is a life. It is a, it is living out our justification. If we if we can't live out our our if we can't live a life a Christ like life a holy life, of course empowered by the Holy Spirit, if we can't live that kind of a life, then we don't have justifying faith. In in uh, Matthew oh and before I I was I'm going to go to Matthew thirteen. One through nine, but before I do that, I want to I want to give you a little bit of background about myself and how I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I when I worked at Mill Valley Post Office, I I um, I, I worked there, and, 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 and a person by the name, another employee by the name of Mark Mayberry, uh, I worked with him, and I worked side by side with him. And he let everybody know that he was a Christian, and a lot of people didn't like him. Didn't take and and, um, and so I um, I asked him one day, and this is the most important question that I asked, I could ever have asked in my whole life. I asked him, "What is the difference between your religion and my religion?" I was a Catholic; he was a Baptist, and he proceeded to tell me. He proceeded to tell me about Jesus Christ. He proceeded to tell me about the gospel. And about the gospel that can change your life, and, and, that, and that you need to to be saved from the wrath of God. I mean, you need to be saved from the wrath of God, and you need to be saved by God. And Jesus Christ sent Jesus down. He told me, as as the God Man, as the incarnate God, came down from above to die for sinners. And to give his life a ransom for many. He told me this every single day. He told me about Jesus. He pointed me to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Because I believed in all these other things. Sacraments and all this other stuff. But he, he gave me the truth. The, the immutable truth of saving grace of the gospel and I really thank him for that. I don't know where he is today, but um, I'd sure like to um, get a, get in touch with him somehow. But anyways, I I um, continued to listen to him. And then one day he came in and I said, I said, okay, I had enough of this. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and so he told me that. He goes, there's a radio station. It's KFAX. And um, listen to it. There's a lot of preachers there that preach the gospel. So I did. I listened to it on my Walkman. I don't know if you know what a Walkman is, but um, there were a pretty good, pretty good deal there back then. It was they were they were top of the line. <laughs> I still have my transistor radio. I listened to. I still have my vinyls. My kids will tell you that. I love the old stuff. I don't like this new technology stuff. 
Okay. But I do, I do have a, um, I don't have it on me right now, uh, but uh, my, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, my Android. Is that what you call it, Android? Yeah, okay. And so, um, you know, I, I, I remember, um, I remember my kids always teasing me about all this stuff, you know, and they're teasing Brenda. I go, Brenda, what do I do now? And she shows me what to do, you know. And so um, I'm thankful for my kids that, that show me that stuff. Um, but anyways, um, so as I was um, uh, listening, I was learning. And then one day this other guy, Jim Donovan, comes over, and, he, and, he, and he's, uh, he's more reserved Christian. But everybody knew he was a Christian. But he came over and goes, hey, I know maybe has been witnessing to you, so why don't you, why don't, um, why don't you come over to church at Shell Road Baptist Church, a couple blocks down from um, the post office, and um, he talked to the pastor, Mr. Pontier, his name was. So I, so I went down there and I talked to him, and, and he told me about his life before Christ and how he received Christ as a Savior, and, and I told him about my sinful life, and, uh, and then uh, he, he, I told him that somebody's been witnessing to me and I've been listening to the Word, and he said, do you want to receive Christ as your Savior? And I said, yes, I do. So I kind of mimicked his prayer and received Christ. And, and then I was baptized and I was in the church and I was um, learning. There was not that many lay people there because there was a lot of uh, seminary students and a lot of professors um, there at, at, in Mill Valley um, at the seminary. And, I, and a lot of stuff just went over my head. I didn't know what they were talking about. But I wanted to learn. I wanted to keep learning and growing. But it wasn't, it wasn't really, some people they have this uh, mountaintop experience of salvation where all of a sudden everything is just, li- all the vices are just lifted off them. And, and boom, they're following Christ, and that's great. But it didn't happen to me like that. Um, I had a rough time. I had a, I had a real rough time. I, I, I wanted to, to, to serve Christ. I wanted to be with Christ I loved Christ, but but I kept going back to my old ways. It was back and forth. I don't know. Was I saved when I confessed Christ as my Savior, or was I saved uh, later on? Some people could name the date, the time, and the place. They could point to it and say, this is when I was saved. But some people can't. But it doesn't mean they have to have the same kind of salvation. So anyway, I, I struggled all along. I bound, and, then, and, and finally, that church closed. Um, they couldn't afford it to keep the upkeep on it, and now it's a mosque. So now you have a bunch of Muslims running around there. So anyways, um, I, I, I uh, went to a San Rafael church. I went, and then I left that church, and then I went to... Um, and, and then, and then finally, I um, met my wife when we got with Julian, and we got married. And uh, she'll tell you all about that. I'm not up here to tell you about that. Um, I've heard, I heard enough of that already. She tells everybody that, you know. I leave the room when she does because I've already heard it. So, so, anyways. Um, Anyways, I bounced around the churches. We went to an American Baptist church, and then, and then, and then, uh, and then after that, we left there as we moved up to Roner Park, and we looked for a church around here. 
I came here uh, actually when uh, Cregan was here, and then but I ended up going over to um, First Baptist Church of Roner Park, which is now community uh, faith community. They didn't like the word Baptist anymore, so they they, they thought it was outdated. So now it's uh, faith community, and there were of course they were letting starting to let the culture in and and um, going into some saddleback type. Um, uh, I don't know what it, Rick Warren, whatever type thing, but it was it was uh, I just it was time to leave, and finally then I went to Petaluma Valley Baptist Church and stayed there for a while. But that pastor, he was a good storyteller, sloppy theology, Bob would call it, and and then after that. Um, we came after that. My friend told me about um, a church in Petaluma, New Hope, fundamental church. I said, "Fundamental church? What is that?" I said, "Don't we all teach fundamentals of faith?" I don't know what, what's the. So anyway, I went there, and, and, and Jesse Sims was preaching. And he he was a that guy was a firecracker. He he taught uh, he, he taught he was. Um, Fire and brimstone preaching. I mean, you know, and he was from the San Francisco area. He was a homeboy, so I, 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 I kind of connected with him, and and I stayed there. But, but that ended too. He he left, went down to San Diego, and then we got the Grand Poopaw. He came he came along, and I said, Julia, oh, we'll give him a year. We'll see what happens here. So then. Under his, we're under, uh, heard him preach, and 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 um, and all of a sudden, one day, a whole bunch of people just flocked right into the New Hope. I said, what? I, so I asked more questions. I said, "Where are you coming from? Who who are you guys? Oh, we're coming from Berean." And so, I, I know most of you know that story. I think, um, and 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 I'd ask him questions. Why? What, what's going on? Something to do with the doctrines of grace. I go, really? You know, predestination, uh, chosen by God for the foundations of the world, um, all of these things. So then I, I, so, so one day I was sitting there, and 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 uh, Mr. Graham Poopaw opens up to Romans eight, the golden chain of salvation, and he just mangled that thing. He twisted it like a pretzel. I said, what? Is this guy is this guy reading the same Bible? Does he have the same Bible I have, or what? You know, and, I, and so I, I, uh, that was it. That was that was uh, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. There, I, I, I got, I got out. I, um, we didn't. In, in fact, I, I did meet with him, and we didn't see eye to eye, eye to eye. And he was a very angry man. So I left, and um, I said, "Well, where do I go now?" <laughs> I'm running out of places. I mean, I love the Lord. But this whole time this has happened, I'm growing in the Lord, I'm maturing in the Lord, and I'm living, uh, I'm living, uh, I, my affections are towards the Lord, and I'm living, uh, trying, living a holy life, living, showing fruits of, of my salvation. And this whole time, you know, I said, where do I go now? I go, I don't know what to do. So I, so I go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, 
I'm going to go over to the Berean and, and talk to the pastor. So I did. And we sat in the office many times talking about the doctrines of grace. Oh, what a joy that was. I was just filled with joy. I, 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 I just couldn't get enough of it. And so I said, okay, we're out of here. We're over here. Brian. And we became members, and here I am now. And I had to leave that place because I couldn't take the Grand Poopaw and his sidekick, Barney Rubble, anymore. So I, so I had enough of that. Well, I tell you, what an adventure that it's been. And I've been growing in, 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 in Christ all this time. Because of his grace, because of what he did, did in my life and, and, and my family, I'm thankful for it. Because if it's not for him, not for the grace of God, I wouldn't have made it. But I guess Jesus was praying for me. I have an advocate that intercedes on my behalf. And I could go to him. I could say, Abba, Father. Go to him when I'm in distress. I'm learning from the, I'm learning as the Holy Spirit leads me and teaches me, fills me and comforts me. Learning to have an intimate, loving, affectional relationship with my Savior. Here in, 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 the, in um, Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, let's, let's uh, go there. Verses 13, 1 through 9. I'll read from um, verse 4. This is the, the parable of the sow, sower. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith, forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But the other fell in, into ground, good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is saying here that there are many who respond to the message of the gospel with joy, but ultimately, do not continue in the faith. Not everyone who hears the word of God is saved. And the same is true for many who respond to it initially. Those who are genuinely saved are those who prove themselves to be doers of the word. When the seed takes root and grows, there is fruit. So faith links us to Christ. And if our root and if our faith is authentic, we won't come to the last day saying, Lord, Lord, only to hear, I never knew you. Depart from me. Let's turn to the book of James, James 2.
Now, if I could find it, I, I'm all puzzled here. I should have had it marked. Oh, here we go. James 2. Um, James 2, um, verses 14 through, through 20, and then verse 26. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, now notwithstanding, he give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and have, and, and, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. What, what James saying here is that we, we are justified by faith alone. Not by works. We're justified by faith alone. Nothing meritoriously. No, no works of our own. We are justified by faith alone. But not by faith that is alone. Not a dead faith, but a living faith. We are not, we are not saved by mere profession of faith, but by the possession of faith. And when faith is truly present in the heart, it necessarily, inevitably, and immediately bears fruit as good works of service to God and neighbor. These works in no sense merit right standing before God. But if they are not present, neither is justifying faith. Works is never to be seen as the basis for our salvation. Never to be seen as a basis for our salvation. But as, as the necessary result of the Lord's restoration of us to a right relationship with Him. Our good works follow our justification as its Result, they do not precede it as its cause. So we never should put works in front of justification. And the biblical assurance is a cooperative work between the believer and the Holy Spirit, wherein the believer responds to the admonitions of God through his word and lives a life of repentance, returning again and again to the gospel and its promises. Regeneration guarantees that the called will make this response and this response of the called proves their regenerate state. James has a lot to say about assurance. 
Now I want to read from uh, Matthew 7, 13. Back to Matthew 7, 13, 14. Real quick here. Let's see. Matthew Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 13, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says here, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. So the one way, there's a wide gate that leads to destruction. And then there's the narrow gate that leads to life. Some think that they will go through this white, this, this, this wide gate. Some, some think they will come through the wide gate by bulldozing heaven's narrow gate and create an easier path or way into God's eternal kingdom. For instance, the Catholic system. The Catholic system of sacraments, a work salvation. The Catholics believe the Catholic view of salvation is faith plus works equals justification. The biblical view is faith equals justification plus works. Justification first and then sanctification. Some think that they will come through this gate. Well, many religions won't come through the gate because they believe in a work salvation. This is a, the, the Catholics believe in a, a system of sacraments, a work salvation, a belief that they will enter in by works, by, their, by what they do, not what Christ did. True faith that connects us to Christ, true faith that connects us to Christ, always manifests itself in, in, work, in works. Now, the evangelicals, for instance, this word evangelicals is so ambiguous today that it doesn't mean or stand for anything anymore. Between 45 to 65 percent so-called evangelicals evangelical Christians are not convinced that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We see this same thing whenever a believer says his or her faith is a very private thing. This is no Christian faith at all. This grants them no access to forgiveness and has no capacity to save. In Matthew 10, 32 to 33, we read this. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. True saving faith must not be hidden away. It ought to be the most public thing about us. 
We're not to hide it. We are to profess that we are Christians. We are not to live as the culture lives. We are to be a peculiar people. We're aliens. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. We're just passing through. But we need to let people know that we love Jesus Christ and that we want to live for him. You see, true Christians seek assurance not so we can grow complacent in serving God. Instead, we do so in order to grow in holiness, Christ-likeness. Do we seek to grow in our sanctification? If not, then we have not gained true assurance. Do we have an increasing pattern after holiness and a decreasing pattern of sin? And when we do sin, do we repent and confess our sins and continue to grow in Christ and continue to grow in our faith? Now I want to end this with a question. First I want to say a few statements here. Those who have false assurance are balancing on the high wire of doubt and beneath them is the fires of hell. We ought to be standing on the promises and the faith that links us to Christ. The, this, the question I have here is the question is, how do we know that we won't be among this group of people who will come at the last judgment expecting interest, entrance into the kingdom and addressing Jesus in intimate terms only to be cast into hell? And I hope that we all have assurance of our salvation. For those that don't believe, that think that they could enter through the broad gate, through the wide gate, uh, any other way besides Jesus, they need to know that Jesus Christ is the only way He is the truth, the life, and the way. He is the only way to salvation. There is nothing else. There is the only way to get into the kingdom, the only way to have eternal life, the only way that we can can enter into the kingdom of God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Put your trust and faith in him alone to be saved, to be saved from condemnation, the wrath of God, and be saved, be, and God will save you through his son, Jesus Christ. And he will give you everlasting life. Nothing else will, only Jesus. And for ones that are not sure 
have their assurances weak? Well, be in the Word of God. Be, be, in, be a, a prayer warrior. Pray. Steady the Word of God. Know the Word of God because it'll keep you from sin. And, and be in prayer all the time, continuously. And live the Christian life. Show fruits of, the, of, of show a virtuous life. Show the fruit of, of, of your faith. Show evidence of it. Because we have been justified by Jesus. By, we have been justified by faith alone. It's by grace alone, by faith alone, and by Christ alone. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the worship today. And we also thank you, Lord, for saving us, for giving us grace, giving us the gift of faith to believe in you, to put our trust alone in you for eternal life. Lord, I, I thank you for our assurance through your Holy Spirit, the down payment of the down payment the, uh, of, um, of, your, of the Holy Spirit and that, and that you will, we're sealed by your Holy Spirit and that, we will, and that you will preserve us to the end as we persevere in this life. Help us to, to gain assurance, Lord, each and every day to live for you, to glorify you in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www dot bbaptist dot org